Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. We're here live at Easterfest, so uh, if you're here a band doing a sound check in the background or if you hear people talking and praying and worshipping, that's because everyone's having fun this Easter weekend. Now, we're catching up with a good friend of mine, Ruth Thomas. Now, Ruth is the director of World Hope Australia and about 20 years ago was my youth pastor. Her and her husband, Dallas, uh, at the Coffs Harbour Wesley Methodist Church where my youth leaders didn't see them for years. And then through Facebook, we found each other about a year ago and I have just been so impressed with this ministry. Uh, so, Ruth, welcome to History Makers. Thank you. Thanks. Now, tell us about World Hope. Tell us what the organisation does. World Hope Australia is an aid and development organisation. Uh, we uh, provide community development projects and anti-human trafficking projects in uh, Cambodia, uh, Sri Lanka, in um, South Africa and PNG and in Indonesia. And uh, I raise funds here in Australia to, to uh, do our projects over there. Now, human trafficking is one of the most shocking uh, crimes that's been committed around the world these days. Uh, I've just come back from Cambodia. I've been there for 11 days, and we saw a, another ministry called Destiny Rescue, which does a similar thing. They actually go in to the brothels posing as pedophiles, ask for the young girls and give the, their number to the girls and then show them that they can come out and live a normal life and they train them. And, you know, human trafficking, uh, the sex trade is just horrific. The statistics around the world, uh, even in Australia and America and Western nations, is just ridiculous. But you look at Southeast Asia in particular, it is horrific. Tell us how World Hope is uh, solving the problem of human trafficking. In Cambodia, we provide a safe home for girls who have been rescued out of the um, out of the brothels that have been exploited. So we work together with numerous agencies that um, that, that that have their specialties. Um, we work together with a human rights agency who will uh, train and. Um, provide equipment, surveillance equipment, to the National Police. The National Police go in and raid the brothels and arrest the perpetrators and the brothel owners. And then the, the girls are taken to the National uh, Social Security Office and assessed. And the ones that are underage are brought to the World Hopes Centre for Girls. And it's a safe, loving, caring environment. We think of it as an emergency care or a triage system. We, we give them the initial trauma counselling, the medical assessment, the family assessment. So they're there for a short time, say about uh, two to three months that we do that. And then from there, they're moved on to partner agencies. And uh, if I may be so bold to say Destiny Rescue is one of those partners. Um, I visited there last year in Cambodia myself and um, visited Destiny Rescue's home. The majority of the girls they had in their home had come from through the World Hope Centre. So in Cambodia, we work together with numerous agencies, but we provide the initial short-term care for those girls to get them on their way. And if I, um, if I could just uh, talk about that centre, it has been running for five years. Uh, we have uh, cared for just over 500 girls in that time. 
we can tell you where 80% of those girls are. They're either in legal jobs, they are married with uh, their own families, or they're still in the care of partner agencies. The other 20%, we either don't know where they are, or they have gone back into into the um, prostitution. That statistic is the flip side of any agencies around the world. Um, so we, we provide the trauma and the initial care. It's just heartbreaking to imagine what these girls have gone through. Um, some of the situations I've heard of have been where the, the parents are, are broke, they're living in poverty, and they think, I can get a few hundred dollars for my daughter, or even $50, you know, depending on what currency and what country you're in. So just for a small amount of money um, that might last six months, uh, you know, to help a family, they will sell their own daughter or their own son in circumstances, you know. Some of these kids must have a terrible identity problem. Their parents have sold them. They've been abused um, by these Westerners or locals that have, you know, just come into these brothels or whatever sex slavery situation it's in. These kids have been scarred physically and emotionally. Now, to bring healing to those kids must take an incredible amount of love and care from those who run these orphanages and, and, and train them up. Tell us what kind of process you go through to bring healing to these, these kids. The, uh, the, the centre will, um, you know, when the girl comes to our home, um, oftentimes she doesn't have anything on her but except the clothes on her back. So when she arrives, the, the house mothers will uh, give her a packet of clothes, clean, fresh clothes, three sets of clothes, nightwear, toothbrush, and um, then they um, begin the, the trauma counselling, giving them... The, the, there's, there's a couple of rooms with, with play areas for the girls to do the, the counselling. We also work with other agencies, such as International Justice Mission, in bringing justice for what has been done for these girls. So, so World Hope walks beside these girls as they have to be witnesses in court for um, the actions of the perpetrators. So one of the things that the girls do, because they're, they're frightened little people, you know, that we care for girls that are aged from 2 to um, 18. That just blows my mind. I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter and, and uh, that just, I, I make it personal. When I when I think of that, but um, I'm divulging it. When uh, when when they go to court, when the girls go to court, they have a bunny that shakes, it vibrates, and it's called the nervous bunny. So we just use tools um, to help them to overcome and and prayer. Uh, obviously, prayer. There's a there's a big prayer network within Cambodia, within the World Hope in Cambodia, um, and 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 the, the staff are all Christians. Um, so, so they have a faith. Um, we provide regular training for the staff, update their skills so that they can provide this trauma counselling. Now, uh, when I was just in Cambodia, I chatted to one of the volunteers from Destiny Rescue. He was an American guy. He did a short-term mission trip and he actually went into the brothels acting like he was a pedophile looking for kids. And he told me that he also got some details of some of the other guys that were in the bar or the, the brothel with him and he passed on those details to uh, the Homeland Security in America because 
obviously, if he goes back to the States, they can flag him on his passport, take him in, question him, and hopefully convict him from such a horrible crime. How do, does World Hope help uh, with that kind of stuff too? Yes, we have a couple of uh, girls that have had to go to the States to um, be a witness in court against um, pedophiles in America. So, yes, we definitely work very closely with International Justice Mission and there's another agency, and I can't remember their name, but, but human rights agencies. Now, you um, uh, have been in ministry on and off. I know you're in Papua New Guinea for a number of years. Um, you just felt like this was your holy discontent. Tell us how you felt the call of God to, to lead World Hope here in Australia. Sure, yeah. Um, it was about 1996 and uh, my three boys were in primary school. Of course, they didn't need me during the day anymore and I was feeling, what did God put Ruth Thomas on this earth for? And uh, I was reading a lot of autobiographies and I read Franklin Graham's book and he was delivering, he was talking about um, delivering aid in the Middle East and God visit, audibly spoke to me and said, Ruth, this is, this is the work that you're supposed to be in. And I did try at that time to a number of agencies um, that I knew were overseas aid agencies and couldn't get a job. At that same time, my sister was in the USA and World Hope International had just been launched. That's World Hope, the, the USA branch of World Hope. And she sent me their flyer. And I remember when I took it out of the envelope, the flyer, the peace that I felt, God said, this is it. But I still felt totally inadequate, completely inadequate until a friend of mine finally pushed me in 2001 and said, you have to register this thing. So we did. We registered World Hope. And I still, you know, I'm totally inadequate. I, who am I? Just little old me. And uh, finally in 2004, he pushed me to, you know, again. And, and Joanne Lyon said, I'm coming over. <laughs> so, so that's when we started World Hope Australia with some child sponsorship in Indonesia and it has grown from there. I think we started off with seven children being sponsored in, in Indonesia. Now we have, um, you know, and, anti-trafficking projects in Cambodia, a prevention program in Sri Lanka with women, women who are vulnerable to being trafficked. We pro provide them with skills so that they can set up a micro-business um, from home. And uh, we have education projects where we're going to start in PNG and, and uh, in uh, South Africa. We provide um, training to elementary teachers who, who set up um, daycare centres and, um, yeah. Now, you mentioned a buzzword for me, which I'm excited about. You said you help them set up a micro-business. I love this idea Instead of just giving a hand out, you give a hand up. Tell us how you set up a micro-business for, for these, these girls. Okay. There are women in Sri Lanka who, are, who have no marketable skill. They find themselves often being tricked into going to the Middle East, thinking they're going as maids, but they end up being exploited, sexually exploited. Um, so what we want to do is stop that in the initial... Um, right at the beginning and uh, so we run a program a skills training program at the moment it is sewing advanced sewing skills training we want to develop that further jewelry making and um, beauty therapy provide those sort of things in the future but at the moment it's, it's sewing and uh, in the process they they receive um, bookkeeping basic bookkeeping and all the skills that they will need to start up a business from home 
And uh, when they walk out the door, they leave with a sewing machine in their hand, a kit with the first lot of material and scissors and everything they need to start their, their business, and a folder which has contacts of where they can sell their products there in Sri Lanka. I'm in the process of trying to get it uh, to export it here in Australia. I've just so, so that's what we do. Now, um, I chatted to a mate of mine on Facebook recently, Chris Foley, who's a uh, politician at Maryborough. Actually, he told me he got the highest vote per head or per capita um, of any Queensland politician ever except for Joe Bielke Peterson. So he's a very popular politician. He also passes a Wesleyan church called Grace Church up at, uh, at Maryborough. Uh, he went over to Cambodia recently on a trip. Um, tell us how... Um, people can get involved. People can obviously donate. Um, if people want to go on a trip, what would they expect? If they came on a trip with me, they would to to say Cambodia. We're having we've got a trip planned in August this year. They would uh, be shown what what each partner agency will do and the expertise of each agency. They will receive an education on human trafficking, what it is, and they will be confronted with the face of that human trafficking and we visit the 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 center for girls that world hope runs and um spend time doing some activities with those girls so they will be confronted and they will be educated and they will be challenged and how do people get in touch with world hope is there a website you're on facebook tell us how, how people can track you down Sure. You can email me directly, ruth at worldhope.org.au. You can uh, go on our website, uh, www.worldhope.org.au. And yes, we're on, we're on Facebook. So World Hope Australia. Just search for World Hope Australia. Now, uh, lastly, and probably most importantly, um, tell me your testimony. Uh, when did you realise that Jesus died for you and, and asked him to be Lord and Saviour? And, and how has that impacted? So how, how old were you when you became a Christian? How did it happen? I was 10 years old. Um, my parents were missionaries in Papua New Guinea, and uh, so I was raised in a very Christian environment. But uh, when I was 10, God um, convicted me of my personal need to become a, a, a child of God. And uh, I haven't always been completely faithful to Him, but um, He has been faithful to me and has uh, stood by me and given me strength for each thing I have to do. And if there are people listening now that are thinking, you know, I want to help, I want to support, there might be people thinking, look, I haven't got that faith in God. How would you coach that person into starting a relationship with God? What would you say to them now? I would ask them, how do they get through when they meet challenges in their life? Who, who helps them through those challenges? And I would share with them that in the challenges that I've had in my life, I know that if God wasn't there, I, I don't know, sometimes I probably wouldn't get through um, and sometimes it would take, be harder to get through. But, but that's what I'd say, that life isn't easy with God, but he carries you through those times. Well, we've been talking to Ruth Thomas from World Hope Australia, and uh, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, Matt. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. There you can also find links to Facebook and Twitter, and also you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.